What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Speaking Llama, a Survivor podcast. This is your host, Caleb Loomis, joined, as always, by Alex to recap and react to the season 44 season finale of U.S. Survivor. Alex, it's a few days after the episode because... It was three hours long, and you know, right, we we have to go to bed at some point. Uh, and we did not get to record right afterwards. But how are you feeling about this season? A few days later, it's it's marinated a little bit. You thought about the Jam Jam's great win. How are you feeling about the season? Uh, well, I I feel great because two of my predictions came true compared to you, Caleb. Number one, Team Alex blew Team Caleb out of the water this year with for the first time a winner being on team alex <laughs> finally uh and i picked him because at, as my second round pick because i thought you'd pick him last <laughs> so I, I was not gonna pick him last he was he was like next to be picked by me had you not picked him yes in that so draft. feeling great about that also feeling great because at the end of last episode i said yeah we're probably not gonna record right after it because i'm gonna be tired and i go to bed at 9 p.m and you said no no we'll record I said, no, we won't. And we didn't. Well, so, uh, Caleb, thank you. Thank you for letting <laughs> us not record because it was about halfway through the finale and I went, yeah, I'm done. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't want to throw that. you specifically under the bus as the reason we did not record. But yeah, that, that oh, was your fault. I, I, I was ready to go. The episode ended at 10. I was asleep by 10.05. 100%. Not a thoroughbred. That's what I would say. So uh, anyway, feeling great. Uh, <laughs> excited to be talking about Survivor 44. Uh, we actually just finished uh, talking with Survivor Now for their three-hour live post-Survivor <laughs> 44 show. Um, so we got a little half-hour slot with them. Got to talk a lot about advantages and what we hope to see next season and where Jam Jam fits in as a winner compared to Australian Survivor and kind of overall Survivor. So really fun stuff. Go check it out. I think it should be up on their YouTube channel right now. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, we're here, Alex. Uh, we, we, we did it, Alex. We survived what has been a just marathon of Survivor uh in the first half of 2023 Ooh. Australian survivor doing all the exit interviews doing uh, and doing this at the same time as season, the season of Australian survivor was wrapping up. It has been a whirlwind of a year of survivor. We're heading into this break, but before we get into a brief break of our favorite television show, we've got to react Wait. to we're talking about young Sheldon. Oh, <laughs> hold up! I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, that was good. You got me on that one. <laughs> no, we have got to talk about the wrap up of season forty-four oh, U.S. Okay. Okay. Survivor, yeah, yeah. obviously, and with one of the great characters of Survivor. We got two of them this season. Jam Jam and carolyn carolyn could not pull it out for team caleb uh congrats to you for finally actually having a winner on your tribe uh i, I i've had so many on my tribe that it's i don't know what that's like so you've had three uh, i've had four thank you very much oh yeah and i've also had two winner picks so, you know it's just it's hard to be so successful at picking winners on survivor that uh it just 
it, the, the season humbles me a little bit. I'm not perfect, but you know, it's going to be okay, Alex, because I, I do love Jam Jam as a winner. Uh, and so we're, we're going to talk more about that. We're not going to go into all the ins and outs of this uh, finale, but we are going to talk about some of the highlights. Uh, and let's just kick things off, Alex, with our thoughts on some, like, let's, let's start with just some of the, talking about some of the decisions that were made during this finale. Right? We obviously know that Jam Jam ultimately wins, and we're going to talk about kind of the the final tribal council as well as kind of the season as a whole but like let's talk about some of the strategic moments of the finale first and let's kick it off with carson winning that reward challenge which i still love to see reward challenges and i know there's some conversations around like in the survivor internet about what you know is whether or not the sanctuary is a good thing or like the rewards versus that i i enjoy the sanctuary what do you think about his decision to take Jam Jam on this reward and leaving the three people who are in particular with Carolyn, like leaving Carolyn by herself? Uh, <laughs> I'm violently uh, shaking my head no right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I person had such a good game strategically and physically, but I thought that was a huge flaw in his game. Now, luckily, it was fine, right? Like, Jam Jam, he were not targeted. Like it worked out, or Jam Jam wasn't targeted, right? Because he had one immunity. But it's like leave Jam Jam and Carolyn together with one other person. Take the person you are trying to get out at that point. Lauren, uh, he and Lauren had had a conversation, recognizing the two biggest threats. If you are safe and you take Lauren away from Heidi, Jam Jam, and Carolyn, they can't turn on you because you're safe. And so the only person they can turn on then is Lauren. And there's not enough time for Lauren to strategize and flip things on one of your Alliance members. So take the person you want out. Um, I thought it was so dangerous taking Jam Jam in particular, leaving Carolyn back with Heidi and Lauren, because we've seen earlier in the season when Carolyn is left out of votes or is feeling paranoid that she might be left out of votes that she is willing to flip on her alliance, including Jam Jam, um, <laughs> to uh, take them out. Uh, yeah. And so I thought that was really, I mean, you're playing with fire at that point, uh, taking Jam Jam, and you are pretty much putting up your closest ally on a silver platter for those three, those, those three to take out. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad Carolyn didn't do it, but whew. Yeah. Bad move in my mind. Again, it worked out. So, like, I guess not a terrible move. It, but it, it did work out. Not a terrible move. But like, I, I agree. Like, it was a very dangerous move, especially coming off of like, right? What we see in the episode is that Carolyn is like ready to vote out Jam Jam. Like, she is she is ready to go. And maybe some of that is theater, right? Both in the tribal council, she's telling Lauren and Jamie what Lauren and Jamie want to hear, uh, and, and that. Hey, the Tika three are actually really, really tight knit, and they're just not going to break up. Which, if that if that is truly the case, I, I think potentially this is inconsequential in terms of the relational piece. What I thought was dangerous too was leaving two people who need to find an idol yes. on a beach alone with only one of their members. Right, send two of your people back to kind of have that. Um, 
eye of watching somebody as well as ensuring that maybe maybe they get to find the idol and like Carson ends up winning the immunity next which I thought that the most interesting would have been for Carson not to have won immunity just to see what decision Carolyn makes is jam jam turn on Carson early uh, that would have been a much more interesting outcome than we got but definitely an interesting decision uh overall but I think my, my question for you too here as we kind of jump into right Carson's decision he ultimately wins immunity which is great for him what did what, let's talk about like this vote for Jamie in particular like why why Lauren. why Lauren in particular I'm sorry Jamie was the, the previous vote for Lauren in particular why, why do you think that Heidi ends up going with it. Carol, right, right, it ends up being Lauren as the final outcome when maybe it could have been Jam Jam. Uh, and, and why not Jam Jam versus uh, versus Lauren? I'm not sure. Um, I, I think <laughs> looking at the jury, Lauren had a lot of friends on there. I also thought Heidi had a lot of friends on the jury. And so uh, that, that it's not everything I think it ultimately it, it comes down to Carolyn to make that call. Um, I think if she wanted to vote out Jam Jam, then Heidi would follow suit as well. I think for Heidi, she went with the Tika three to take out Lauren, correct? I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, I think it makes sense for her because I think she was planning to go to fire. Um, yeah. She would need to anyway. Like Final five is too late at that point to make a big move yep. um, on the Tika three. And so she had to wait until the final four to do it. So... Again, maybe not an optimal move. Um, ultimately, for Carolyn, not a great move because Jam Jam beat her in the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I see it. I, those Tika three, I think they were very tight, very close, and I yeah. I don't blame them. Which, ba- based off the jury's reaction, um, I think it's fair to say I don't think Carolyn has ever had a chance of winning yeah. um, this game. I, I don't think there was any combination of the final six or seven that she has a chance to win outside of her doing some like masterful, like manipulate, like right. She goes on a challenge run and like wins all the challenges, but yeah, it, it, it seemed like an uphill battle for her. And so I, I honestly, maybe her best bet was to go with the Tika three and, and to have a shot at differentiating like, right. That's kind of like that scenario of, Hey, we all played a similar-ish game together, and let's let's just see where the jury feels about it, right? Yeah. Rather than, oh, it's me and the two non-Tika players. Uh, right. Well, I'm just going to get pigeonholed as you are following Carson and Jam Jam around. Yeah, uh, you didn't do anything on your own. Whereas in a final three, with at least one or two of them, you have the chance to maybe, oh, well, here's like here's my context on that. Here, like here's what I did that was different than yours in that in that conversation so so i i think i agree with you the move against the tk3 should have come uh on the previous vote or the vote before that yeah. uh or or arguably with the if carolyn carolyn would have made a move to save franny rather than uh or d- done something more strategic or i don't remember the full context around yep. what was happening at that yep. time yep but unfortunately our fellow texan Lauren oh. was it was a gym this season. Uh, I I will also uh, kind of like 
the edit i think did her dirty a little bit yeah. we get this huge emotional reveal from lauren at that tribal council and i yeah. was like wait and talk about all this growth that she had as a person which alex i know that you don't like people growing in survivor that's not no <laughs> that it's just not the winning pitch i'm all about it at tribal council right that shouldn't be you should give me a million dollars because i grew the most that's a load of crap uh but i want uh, people I just... to grow i yes I, I do enjoy it i just don't think that should be the basis of your argument to win a million dollars like go to therapy that's how you grow i just like pushing your buttons a little come bit on. um come on <laughs> give me a million dollars i go to therapy come on yeah for sure uh but the reason like i'm disappointed is like that actually sounds like a really cool story uh and we got zero of that until the very yeah. end I just wish we could have seen, like, spend less time on Jamie's, like, fake idol that was actually completely irrelevant to the entire season. And show me more of Lauren's growth and, and yeah. her, her self-reflections on uh, what, like, you know, what does it mean to be a mom, a single mom, and, like, how, how she's growing through that. And rather than at this, it was a great, beautiful speech. Yeah. I, I just wish I would have, like, seen it throughout the season. So, but congrats to Lauren for, for yeah. making it to final five. Well, what's tough too about that like emotional speech, right? For me at least, and I think a lot of other people, I was only really half listening because there was the suspense of did she find the idol? Oh, because yeah, there was a cliffhanger before tribal of if she found it or not. Yeah. And so I'm trying to read into what she's saying of are these crocodile tears because she's about to play an incredible idol move right now and take out jam jam or is this genuine because she knows she's going home and like for for me as a, as a viewer i couldn't fully appreciate the moment because i'm sitting there wondering but does she have it oh she has to have it no i don't think she has it no she has it yeah she's, she's gonna play it no she didn't play it you know so when she started crying the way that she did i was like oh she doesn't she doesn't have it like oh that's that's i thought she had it because she was crying oh no i i thought i was like that's too like cold-blooded manipulative uh in the moment uh that to to have had it uh i wish she would have i wish she would have had it and someone made a move and this like so final five two is another reason why heidi why i don't like her move from the previous vote uh is that if she had had her idol to do something with it it just would have been better uh it, it would have yeah. been better or, or like like i said i will never blame somebody for playing an idol i hate how she ended up playing it and especially the way that she played it on herself last vote when she kind of was in the know obviously she makes it to final three and guess what she's a hundred thousand dollars richer because of that move uh so yep. anyone anyone who wants to discredit that if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account then you can talk i don't so uh i can't talk uh was it ever revealed who voted for heidi uh if it, if it did i don't remember great i'll look it up that's great uh well while you do that uh we'll kind of jump into the final four we have a survivor classic and I love this challenge, yet I'm also tired of this challenge of Simotion. Uh, it is a classic Survivor challenge for a reason. I recently saw like a, a meme of where they had shown like all the final challenges in uh, that have been used over the last like, I think it was like 
20-ish seasons, maybe. And it was like a total of eight different challenges. And it's just like, well, why can't we, why can't we mix it up? Like, give me, yeah. we don't always have to stand on a, on pegs with our, our hand on an idol every time, but Hey, sometimes Probably I should. just want, I want to stand on, on some pegs and, and watch people uh, stand and, yeah. and, and endure for, for three hours. Um, that, that is also equally interesting. Um, and also surprised that, you know, apparently Carson did not practice this challenge at his home. Well, well, interesting. A couple, so a couple points. One, Danny was the one who voted for Heidi, according to the Survivor Wiki. That was my prediction. Winner of uh, winner pick of Team Alex, fan favorite of Team Alex as well. <laughs> we love uh, that too. Uh, Carson did say that he, I think, in his one of his exit interviews, that he did try to practice as best as he could. However, what he didn't anticipate was that. Each of the two sides of the like kind of loop mm. were like a half second off. They weren't the exact same speed. Yep. And so he was trying to count to like space them out, but it kept getting messed up because one was about a half a second shorter than the other one. Yep. And so they weren't exactly equal, which which made it very difficult, which I think is fun from a challenge standpoint, because at that point, just throw it to the wind and, and try your best. Uh Third point here, us Kelly Wentworth fans don't enjoy this challenge. Um, it's <laughs> triggering. So we, we don't appreciate this challenge at all. Uh, and four, this is one of these survivor challenges where I would immediately get out. Immediately. <laughs> right. So there's there's the meat eating challenge I would not participate in. Um, we know this, right? The challenge where you have to like build the blocks with your feet and then like put the flag in the middle could not do that i would miserably fail at that and then this challenge i would absolutely i would just get out first because they start spinning my brain gets confused and uh i would 100 percent miss one of the balls coming down yeah well uh yeah i i this was the first time i had noticed that uh the balls were like the two sides were a little bit different I, I kind of realized that the one of the sides were like flips to the other side it has to go a little bit longer uh, of a of a distance and so I, I actually think from a challenge standpoint that's actually really cool uh, I like that there is, it's not just simple math uh, there is some um, just kind of feel a variable. what yeah. right there's a variable that it's that, hard to you can account for but you can't completely account for it um it, it's a great challenge uh I, watching carolyn like throw the balls in like one after i was like stop just stop carolyn. <laughs> uh, i thought i was like waiting for this to be the challenge that she won this was going to be like what won her the season but but alas that that's not quite what happened uh and and we see heidi do what she needs to do at that point which that was her plan from final six on was to survive final five and then have a chance to make fire, potentially make fire, get to choose to make fire on her own. It executes her plan to be able to do so uh, and chooses to make fire going into that final tribal council. Also, just as a side note, why why are we giving people flint and, and knives to practice? Like Survivor's hard. Survivor is, here's the thing. I, I actually don't mind, like here's the tools to practice with. You know, I what I hate is the fact that, like, 
you have summed up Survivor or this moment in Survivor to be a fire making challenge. Like that everyone should have the opportunity. Like everyone might have the chance to do it, right? We saw like Heidi kind of mentioned, or maybe I will go into fire. And Jeff got so excited about it. And I'm just like, this isn't not, this is not Tony picking or Wu picking Tony over Cass moment. Right. Where we have to use our social and strategic relationships and strategies to argue, to convince somebody. Right. This is, oh, who's going to make the best fire? Well, and I think it would have been more compelling had there been no fire making challenge and the two yes. to three have to implode on themselves. Absolutely. Right. And like Heidi has to, has to make a choice yeah. of who to pick. And yeah. right. And honestly, honestly, like I would have like, saying I won final four immunity challenge to make sure that I, or for Heidi to have been able to go, like I didn't play my idol at final, at final seven. I didn't play, I played it for myself at final six. Cause I knew I could get in the final five and final four. I had a chance to the best chance to win. And I put myself in, in this final three spot. That was my choice. And I did it for myself is more compelling than I won fire, fire at final four. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, cause you always would have had that chance to potentially win fire at final four. Yeah. Uh, so, well, so here's an underutilized strategy and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anyone's done this yet. And, <laughs> Does this demonstrate my character that I would play on Survivor? Yes. Um, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but right, so typically we see like, hey, I'm not going to tell you who's going to fire. Like y'all just better practice, right? Which I think is like the, the standard that makes it fun. I think we saw like Nora in 30, 39, like tell, hey, you two are making fire. Start mm-hmm. practicing, right? Why doesn't anyone like say hey, you two are making fire, right? Person A, person B, you two are making fire. You two better practice. And then just like chill out with person C. Hey, let's go to the beach. Let's hang out. Let's sit in the water, right? And then throw person C into fire. Like, yeah, that's what I want to see, right? It's <laughs> just like get someone really comfortable and then just completely blindside them, yeah. force them to go to fire. They're thrown off mentally. They're not, their head's not in the game. They go home. Um, yeah. Now, would that win me a jury vote? No. But would it win me <laughs> a trip back to a returning season? Hopefully. And that's the real prize. So, <laughs> you know, get, get me on cameo. That's the real prize. That is one strategy uh, that you could I just, take. I want to see that that get played at some point. Right? I I'm agree. Just like blatantly lying about who I'm sending to, to fire to kind of pull a wool over someone's eyes. Yeah, I think it goes back to probably this like idea of like that not wanting to burn a jury member, but also like if you're doing it to be potentially most who you think is your biggest threat, all you have to say is like you're my biggest threat for the season. Like so, like I I, I didn't want you to practice, and, and if they can't respect that, they can't respect that, which you have to take that into account. No, but Alex, you know, Heidi does go into fire. She yeah. chooses, which like I think we both agree on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is the right move for her. Yeah. So it's to go in and make fire. She didn't have much uh, to kind of argue for about her game going into final three that we could see. Uh, and so choosing to go to fire was correct. Was Carson the correct choice to go against? I think so. Yeah. We we saw Jam Jam acknowledge, at least to the camera, that Carson was really bad at making fire yeah. um, on day one. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's the move 100%. I, I think I would be really curious to see Atika final three 
Now, my my radar is off because I thought Carolyn could win it. You know, if we yeah. if you listen to our episode last week, even two weeks ago, I thought Carolyn could easily win it, um, even up against Jam Jam. She got zero votes. So uh, my my radar of everyone's game is off. So I don't know if Jam Jam could have beaten Carson. I do think it'd be very close, if not Car- it, it going in Carson's favor. So, yeah, I think it's 100% the right move to take him out right there. Um yeah, it's I'm I'm glad it wasn't this like pressure. I last season I hated it because the jury like berated Cassidy for not going to fire when she yeah. won. And I just think that the the idea of oh you win immunity, so now you have to go to fire, you have to throw away immunity at Final Four to go to fire. I think it's a load of crap. Um yeah. you win Final Four immunity, you deserve to go in the final three. Um why risk that if you don't need to? And so I really, really hated the fire making challenge last season because it was used as a weapon not to vote for Cassie to win because, oh, you should have thrown away immunity to go to fire. Right. So again, I think Heidi should have because she had no other moves. <laughs> and she kind of acknowledged that. Um, yeah. But I still hate this idea of like, yeah, this this pressure, I need to to throw away immunity to do fire when maybe you don't need to. Yeah, so let's jump into the kind of the the pitches as well, right? I, I agree that Heidi needed to end this case. I don't think that it is the right move for everybody, right? Yeah. And, and two, the kind of like the jury, I, I believe it, Stephen Fishback recently on uh, Ralph has a podcast mentioned that uh, if we're all being honest with ourselves, jury members decide who they want to win and then they look for reasons to make that person their winner. And, and and that is all human beings. Like we do that to an extent, as much as we want to be rational people, as much as we want to take all the facts in, we do have preferences. And so like, I, I think that's why when some people like watch outcomes of tribal councils, they're like, how did this person win? Like last season, how did the winner of season 43 win? Well, to an extent, like they may have played a good game, but also they have social relationships that, kind of wanted that person to win and, and that, that's just what happened uh don't, and so don't get me started on the 43 final tribal council Caleb. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to pounce <laughs> don't get me started well let's talk about the 44 final tribal council uh alex my question for you to kind of kick this off is do we need a shake-up in the final tribal council format what do you have in mind? I, I, I'm asking, do, do we need a shakeup? I felt that the final tribal council kind of seemed confusing. I, I wasn't quite certain. Like, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't think Heidi's winning. I'm pretty sure Carolyn's not winning. Everyone really likes Jam Jam. I don't really, I, don't, I feel like I wasn't explained as to why like Jam Jam like deserved to win in terms of how like his specific gameplay that was articulated uh, and what was shown to us. So I don't know if it's like an editing thing that is why I'm confused, but just in general, like we've been doing this whole, like, Hey, this is a collective group conversation since season, I believe 34 should it's, we've been doing this for 10 years, 10 seasons now. Yeah. Should, should we be changing up the final travel council structure? I, I would be curious to go back. Um, to like individual questions um 
I, I think why they kind of moved away from that is because year after year, people are just trying to one up each other in terms yeah. of like memorable jury speeches and stuff like that, which some of them are really fun. Um, yeah. And so I understand why they moved away from that. However, if you look at any group dynamic, you have eight people who are trying to you each, they each have an individual vote, but they're all kind of talking together and it's an open dialogue. Some people's opinions are getting swayed. Some people's opinions aren't being articulated. Uh, and the loudest ones are going to be the ones that are dominant in that and, and kind of influencing the uh, conversation. So as a, a quieter person in groups like that, um, I don't know if I would feel really comfortable if I was like, yeah, let's go Heidi. Like you had the better or Carolyn, you know? Um, so I, I don't love that. I agree with you. I think when the final tribal council was done and they started to vote, I'm kind of like, what what just happened? <laughs> I'm like a little confused on the, the storylines of it. And I think just the individual questions can help out that. Uh, what I will say is both last season and this season, it was very much of, I thought I had an idea of where people might fall into place at the final tribal council going into it. And as tribal council went on, you start to realize, nope, like the writing's on the wall. Um, yeah. And so last season it was with Cassidy. This season it was with Carolyn of like, I'm going to the final tribal council going, Carolyn has just as good of a shot as, as Jam Jam right now. She's played an excellent game. And I don't know if it's a combination of the editing versus what her performance versus the jury's perspective, maybe a combination of all of that um you started to realize pretty quickly throughout the final tribal council yeah carolyn's not winning this um so it is kind of a slow moving train train crash if you will yeah um watching final tribal council the last couple seasons which i think that it just tends to happen i think like what was different for me this time around is it felt like i didn't understand why specifically that why jam jam why like i like in terms of how they were arguing about it or talking about it I knew from like my perspective, having watched the season, why Jam Jam deserved to win. And he was a very deserving winner. Uh, it makes sense to me that he wins. It's just like from like a tribal council piece, I, I was a little confused. Um, but going forward, yeah. So I just don't know. And I, and I don't know the answer to this overall. Um, it also seems like at least last season, it definitely felt this way a little bit this season. But um in past seasons as well, it seems like the jury comes in like having decided who is going to win. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if like the solution to that is to sequester the jury from one another going in. That yeah. feels like a really miserable experience for the yeah. jury. Uh, I don't know if it's a they need a hall monitor to monitor like you're not allowed to talk about the game yeah. uh, that pertains to like other people that are in the game. Should there be a solution to that? you have one no i mean the, the solution is isolate them uh yeah. but again if you are matt uh first jury member like that's what two weeks where you yeah. are sequestered at the, before the season starts and then you play <laughs> what 13 14 days and then another two weeks by yourself in a hotel room yeah. um i think they in theory could do that since they've got rid of the ponderosa videos uh yeah. entirely even it was last season they had like the little selfie videos they didn't even have that this season so mm-hmm. in theory they could do that it sounds like they're moving more towards having jury members observe challenges though uh oh. that's kind of what jeff probes has has toyed with and kind of previewed so uh, we could see that coming up in the next couple seasons i i don't, I don't know, know if that's did. necessary <laughs> right i don't um, know what it, what it does to the jury but okay yeah i i don't either um 
I I do also think like in some ways I hate that the jury goes goes into final travel council knowing as a viewer because we don't get to see that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I do love the idea that Ponderosa is still the game. Right. Um, yeah. And, and we saw that a few seasons ago in Australian Survivor of it was blood versus water. There are a few couples left and one very dominant couple. They kind of said, hey, one of us is going to sacrifice ourselves and go to the jury to keep playing the jury and apologize and explain and hype up the other person's game. And that was really influential in the in the season. Um, so I, I think there's an underutilized strategy there where it's not just, hey, let's cut loose and talk and our friends are going to win, but really to manipulate even the jury members on the jury could be fun. Yeah. Which is like, like in some a, ways we need, like, I wish it could be like a special, like, right, addition ed- season. I literally <laughs> was about to cut you off and say it sounds like a Paramount Plus special. I know, like, like oh man, that would be awesome. Hosted by Speaking Llama. <laughs> Hosted by, Jeff, give us a call. Come on. We got you. Come on, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Don't listen to all the times we've said we hate Jeff. <laughs> That's just Alex, not me. Um, okay, Alex kind of last thing why do you think ultimately jam jam wins this game uh based off this final three yeah i think he is extremely likable i also think he he has some great strategy um he had a really good read on the game um and i i don't want to take that away from carolyn or heidi saying they didn't um but absolutely this is more of a question like why did jam jam win yeah, uh, in in this final three, I think the difference, the biggest difference between him and maybe Carolyn is in this Tika three, they were playing the middle between Soka and Ratu the whole jury mm-hmm. or, or the whole uh, post merge. James Jim was the constant target um, yeah. out there and had to maneuver that and really had to talk his way out of a lot of final or not final tribal councils, just normal tribal councils and deliberations to save himself. Where Carolyn was not necessarily the target, but was often discredited as, oh, you know, she's fine. So being perceived as a target the whole season to then come to the final three, I think it's is notable. I also think he just had a really great read on the game throughout it. So I was I was watching like a best of jam jam video earlier tonight with some of his seasons and or some of his scenes. And one of my favorite is when Josh is on the Tika tribe. And has the fake idol that he makes and hands it to Jam Jam. And Jam just goes, This is tree mail. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, No, it's not. No. He's like, Yeah, yeah, this is this is just the beads from tree mail. <laughs> and then it breaks. <laughs> and Josh is like, Why are you breaking? He's like, it just fell apart. And then <laughs> the confessional of Jam Jam just hysterically laughing um about how fake it is and how it's so obvious and stuff like that. I think. That's just a really fun indication of like, he really knew what he was doing. Um, There is also, you know, and this is obviously kind of after the show post season stuff, but uh, I saw a video from that Carson posted on social media about uh, a few gifts that Jam Jam and Carolyn gave him. Um, And he said like the three of them sat on the plane the whole way back and was like, so sad to leave the airport and stuff like that. But Jam Jam brought gifts for people not knowing who they would go to so he brought different sentimental moments in his suitcase knowing he was going to build close relationships 
and then choosing who they went to wow. after he met them. And wow. so a huge part for Carson was like his favorite food was like a, a particular type of like pastry, like dessert pastry. Um, that's a very popular in, in Puerto Rican culture. And Jim Jim brought a Puerto Rican cookbook um, as a gift and like bookmarked the page with that dessert on it wow. and gave it to Carson after wow. the season. <laughs> and Carson was like, that shows you how intentional Jam Jam is that he knew he would have, he would be able to bond with someone over food and, yeah. and knew he would get to know them well enough that he wanted to give this to them. Wow. Um, and, and so I think that really highlights why Jam Jam won uh, is just those really deep relationships that he built. Yeah, that, that's a great that's a great story. Um, thank you, Jam Jam. Uh, uh, well, it's not your story; it's Carson's story. Uh, <laughs> I thanks, came up Carson. with it myself. I just I made it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jam Jam. I think is a very deserving winner. Socially, did an excellent job. Uh, I, I thought I find it a little interesting at some point. Like, I, I really appreciated at least it got brought up in the final tribal council, like that the Tika three had like were being like dr- like they were just like on the coattails of like the other alliances and like it was like immediately refuted by the t- all three tika three members all three members of the tika three that no 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 like that's what we wanted you to do right like yeah. so Alex, my question for you is what's the line between i can say oh i wanted you to do that so that's why like i did that that is believable and the oh i wanted you to do that and you saying yeah, no, I I don't believe that for a second. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there is a a firm line there, right? Like I think it ultimately has to come down to like does that person who made the original claim can they believe you? Um yeah. and you know how much did they have a blind spot in their game, right? So Soka and Ratu are they self-reflective enough to realize like Oh yeah, we we did discredit you, and I can see the fact that you kind of took advantage of that. Or is there something where they realize, like, hey, no, this is just a blatant lie? I don't know. That's a great question, but I don't have a good answer to it. Do you have one? No, no, I don't. I, oh, great. It, it goes to this, like, what a great re- segment. <laughs> the relationships that you built, uh, and how kind of like, I think that has to like. That's why your game also has to adjust and you have to ask yourself, what are people going to believe? Yeah. Like if we talked about before, like if Carolyn comes out and says, yeah, I was intentionally like kind of goofy and emotional and like, I, I didn't want you to think that were they going to believe that or not? Yeah. Uh, and, and, Cause you can make that claim. I mistakenly uh, thought that uh, the specialist himself, Philip Shepard uh, was going to pull a, in season four, 20, Two, twenty-two, of uh, U.S. Survivor uh, was going to play the yeah. I played the crazy lunatic yeah. card because I knew that was going to get me to the end. No, he just actually was fully in the cult of Rob, um, so, yeah. uh, of Boston Rob. Uh, but it's that question of can you make an argument that people are going to believe, right? Uh, which is what's so tricky about Final Tribal Council, right? So, uh, Alex, any other thoughts about like? that this finale i do want to jump into kind of a last little conversation around the season as a whole uh i I mean i thought it was a good finale really interesting and and yeah i mean the fire making challenge for heidi to be the fastest one uh to complete fire very impressive 
Um, which, which is also like last season was also the fastest time. Like, <laughs> right. let's do something other than make fire people. Like yeah, everyone so- expects it. It's not, it's not interesting. It's not. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And other just like, it's all over social media, but Sia awarded Carolina a hundred thousand uh, dollars. And then I think Lauren and Carson, $15,000 as well. So really cool to see like, it's really awesome that Sia continues to do that and has done yeah. that for several seasons now. And it's Absolutely. now spreading the love. And um, it's just like, she's just like, you're my favorite. I like you. Like, yeah. I just want to give you money. Uh- <laughs> Sia, can I have some money too? Right. Is that- <laughs> Sia, who's your favorite Survivor podcast? Who's your favorite uh, small time Survivor podcast? Uh, we'll-, we'll need some money too. Uh <laughs> But Alex, just a couple of questions about the season as a whole. Um, as you think about, as we kind of wrap up 44 and, and kind of wrap up the kind of cycle of 43 and 44. But uh, one of the big features was the gameplay of the Tika 3 and how they worked that middle. Uh, what how am I trying to say this? We've talked and talked about it's hard to play the middle as a singular player, right? Like it's hard to kind of do that, but we've seen time and time again, a smaller tribe come in and play the middle successfully, right? Should that be people's strategy going forward of playing the middle, like with a small alliance and playing the middle the entire time? I I think to be successful in Survivor, you should never have a a strategy oh, that okay. I okay. always go oh, into doing gosh. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's my real answer. Um, I I do think what's helpful about a group of three playing the middle uh, versus just one person is you're able to leverage outside relationships. Um, yep. So we saw Carson really do it well this season when he was swapped over to uh, the Ratu tribe. And they were including him as a number early yep. on when they were going against Soka. And, and so for him to like be so intertwined with that to the point where even us as viewers were like, is he with Jam Jam or Carolyn or is he not? Um, and then Jam Jam just felt like so uh, charismatic and, and so great building relationships that I'm sure he was getting information out there too. Um, yeah. So, and then even what there was that reward challenge with like, I think it was like five women. It was like, kind of the mom's group or whatever, like um, that, that they were going to and Carolyn's then getting information. So to play the middle effectively, I think you need to leverage those outside relationships. Uh, and that's why I think with one person playing the middle, it often catches them pretty quickly because they can leverage one side, but they necessarily might not be able to leverage both sides yeah. or not have enough ears out there. If there's sort of this moment where, Hey, we got to take out the middle now. Franny tried. <laughs> she tried. And, and acknowledged of and hey, the these two, like these three are going to play us all. We need to take one of them out right now. And that was not acted upon. And well uh, wasn't believed. Uh, and, and I believe no one singular no. person in particular is to blame for that. Don't talk about Heidi like that. I'm not talking about Heidi like that. I'm talking about your boy Danny who at twice this season got told the truth three times really this season about something that was happening and just refused to believe it. Is it like looking in the mirror? 
No, because I'm always right about everything that I say. So, and there we go. <laughs> uh, Alex, my other question for you about like the TK3 in particular, I want you to envision yourself. You're on a future season. You're on 45, season 45 oh. of US Survivor. You, your tribe has lost two immunity challenges already. The merge is about to, you think the merge is about to happen. You feel very comfortable in your tribe where you stand. Do you throw your immunity challenge, the next immunity challenge to intentionally not sing? Under those circumstances, no. Because when you feel comfortable, that's when you get voted (laughs) out. Okay, you feel somewhat, you feel somewhat comfortable, but not super comfortable. Do I have an Uh, idol? Yes, you have an idol in your pocket. That is expiring today. No, no not necessarily. Oh, well, okay. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm asking a genuine question of like, should, yeah, should I mean, these the, smaller so tribes? Pridium came up, you know, several years ago with the right. intentional Matt Singh strategy, right? Which we yep. talked about several times on the pod of group of three tribes. The one that gets whittled down to two or three members. Once they all merge, the other two haven't had a chance to go to tribal council to take each other out yet. And so they're going to take out the, the people that they have been wanting to vote out for 10 days now. Um, we hadn't seen that happen necessarily in the new era of Survivor, correct me if I'm wrong. And I wondered if it was because the shorter season, uh, yeah. you know, we look at Philippines where, um, is it Tendang? Um, all, all six of their members went to the, the merge yeah. and they hated each other by the merge, <laughs> right? And there it's like, boom, 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 three people right in a row. Um, and that's where the Matt C and Tisha Matt C name came from. Yep. So honestly, looking at the numbers, it feels like a wild strategy, but yeah, like statistically it works out pretty well for those two or three. Now, obviously there's a million circumstances within right. that, but I do think it, it would be wise for future survivor players to have that in the back of their mind um, and leverage that if they can, if they find themselves in that situation to maybe not necessarily throw it, but maybe not be upset if they're on the losing <laughs> tribe of that group of, you know, in three tribes. Yeah. Um, I, I would be more nervous if I was on the, you know, if we think like the blue tribe in 41, right? We saw Sydney, her first tribal council, she's out, right? Yeah. I, I think it was co-wrong with, uh, was it Nick, I think? Was that his name? Maybe, Talk I don't remember. Um, his first tribal council, he went out. Like, it's, it's very... It's, it happens a lot uh, if you are winning every immunity challenge. So lose a couple. Yeah. You know, so it's just, a, it's a different, it's an interesting layer of survivor strategy and one that would not have ever worked right in like the early, earliest years of right. Borneo and, uh, and Australian Outback, but. Well, quite literally, because they only had two tribes. I hate you so much. Okay, I'm going to move on, Alex. What is, right, we've seen season 43 or 44. We saw a lot of new advantages, twists. We see how the Escapade Island, the journey kind of piece, kind of changed up for people. They didn't go as often. We saw the sanctuary get utilized more, and and in both in the merge and in the pre-merge, we saw... A whole host of new fake idols that was planted by production and different types of advantages like the inheritance advantage. What are one or two things that you hope they keep for future seasons? 
Yeah, I I answered this on uh, the Survivor Now live show earlier tonight. So if if you're listening to, to this after that, this is a bit repetitive. But I loved one of my favorite things this season was the fact that in the bag, in the birdcage, there was like a coin and then beads. And the beads were the fake idol for one tribe. And then the beads were the real idol um, for the next tribe. And then the medallion was fake. And then there was a medallion that was real and a coin was was fake. I would love to see that continue especially with three tribes and just so distrust across everyone. Right. And if you find it, you are now going to second guess yourself of, am I crazy? Are the beads really real or not? Um, and, and I think it's just so, it can be so chaotic if you have partial information that the coins real, the beads are fake and someone gives you a coin. Um, it, it just, there's so many possibilities of chaos. Uh, and we didn't see any of that play out this season, unfortunately. Yeah. So I would love to see that happen. Um, the inheritance advantage as well could be interesting. It feels very overpowered, yes. but could be interesting. And I still, I mean, I can't remember the name of it. I'm glad you said it. I kept thinking it was the hierarchy advantage, but that's, yeah. I think it's like the H and the E and the I, it's, it, it confuses me, but we didn't see that play out. I'd be curious to see that play out. You know, it took us four seasons to really one, get a successful uh, shot in the dark but two to use strategy around shot in the dark beyond just the simple strategy of using it yeah. um so i would love to see that continue uh i did think this season was a good balance of you know going to escapade island a couple times but it was always different every time uh and really it was only three or four times instead of every single time because yeah. I, I i do think there's value in cross tribe interactions early yeah. on I think that creates interesting dynamics, especially in 41. We saw that really play out, yeah. um, but I don't know. I, those Absolutely. are the two that come to mind. Yeah. You know, what would be cool. Two, two things is a, the, I, I disagree with you vehemently on continuing to have fake idols that were made by production, but if they're going to do that, rather than hiding them in the same place, hiding them in different places, so that there's not the like real note that people can hide with a fake advantage. Yeah. But that way, if like you happen to find both of them, you can show up and be like, "Oh, I have two idols," and like someone that didn't find the fake idol has no idea that yeah. there are fake idols oh, at yeah. play. And you could go, "I will give you one of my idols to hold on to." Uh, it's like, like build trust with somebody, uh, and it's just yeah. the fake idol, right? So like, <laughs> well, it could even be something where like. You know, the very first reward challenge, first place gets a special advantage at their camp. Second place gets another type of advantage at their camp. Third place <laughs> gets nothing, right? First place, it's a real idol. Second place, it's a fake idol. Yeah. Um, you know, like that could even be interesting. Yeah, but, absolutely. Who knows? The, the other thing what I think would be an interesting strategy behind the inheritance advantage is to play it out loud publicly to keep someone from playing an idol. Oh, like so, like later in the game when maybe an idol isn't, it might help, it might really help you, but it might not be foundational for your game. And you want to make sure your target doesn't play an idol. So you go, great. If you play it, guess what? Uh, you may not go home, but guess what? I I get to keep your idol. Uh, you are an right? agent of chaos, Caleb. <laughs> it's just you know, play what you have, uh, and so do it and do it interestingly. So, Alex, my my kind of last question for you about about the season as a whole but uh who were some maybe underappreciated players this season strategically 
right? We, we obviously love Jam Jam. We love Carolyn. I mean, there's not anyone that I necessarily hate from this season. I, I think there's a, a really solid cast of players. Who was an underappreciated player uh, overall from the season that, you know, maybe if we look back on this season and we're going to go, oh yeah, that person played this season. Maybe they, they should come back. Yeah. The edit was so towards the Tika three that it's like everyone else had such kind of like a one-sided edit. Right. So yeah. like Jamie, you just had your fake idol. Right. That's it. Like Lauren, you were a threat because you had an advantage and then we didn't hear from you, but then you grew a lot. Like, yeah. and, and so there are moments like that where it's like, Oh, we didn't get to see a lot of um, that, that strategic ability mm-hmm. outside of the Tika three based on the edit. Um, hopefully that changes with the 90 minute episodes next season. But some that come to mind, I mean, Matthew really breaking the shot in the dark. In my mind, it should eliminate shot in the dark moving forward. Yeah. I loved using that as more than just what it's intended to, to be used for, of holding your cards close, knowing where they're voting and not wanting to be on the wrong side um, and like keeping you know your, your alliances intact. I love that. I do think Danny was a really fun character this season, especially early on. I'm thinking through like when he found the um, uh, the birdcage idol and him like running around doing stuff. And then the whole scene with Matt where he's like, he planted the fake idol and he's yeah. like leading Matt to that. And then he just comes up and, you know, just outs him for it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we said it numerous times. Our friend Coleman calls him TJ, Tony Jr., and I really thought, like, had the season went a different way, he could have really fallen in Tony's footsteps. So, really fun character there. Uh, I do think Jamie had more game than what we saw. Um, I, I I can appreciate Jamie's game this season. She was a fun character, um, and she was kind of constantly out there thinking. Uh, and so, I, I can get on board with Jamie. Um, I had to hate her because she was on Team Caleb, but um, you know, I I will say if we're looking at. Um, under editor underappreciated characters or moments i i do think jamie is is one of the standouts uh in that group yeah a- absolutely uh i i think that uh my underappreciated character has to be my winner pick herself claire shut up <laughs> i just just gone too soon Jesus. from our television screen <laughs> shut up <laughs> that that is really sad still to me like being such a big fan being a huge threat she was your winner pick i had first pick i picked danny out of fear that you would pick him but she was going to be my winner pick and my next pick because i thought she was like the perfect survivor player not playing a single challenge and just being taken out oh it was so hard to watch so hard to watch but also like understandable in the moment but like also just complete crap like yeah. well what about bruce too right like he's in well, the conversation bruce, right he's coming back right. he's he's coming back he already I, gets his chance i didn't know if in the preview they would show him or not because oh yeah you know they obviously on like social media reddit instagram like people are posting the the cast list already and stuff like that so we all knew he was coming back uh i didn't know if they would kind of have a big reveal or uh not reveal him yet um but nope he was just kind of like they're jumping into the water. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think most probably casual fans have no idea who he is. <laughs> hey, and first returning player of the new era. Yeah. 
My, I don't think anyone would have guessed it would have been Bruce. No, but it's. Well, I'm it's, excited to see him play. I think he's I, for sure, absolutely. Well. Um, he, he I think it would have to get to play again, but yeah, yeah. I think it would have been a really interesting season had he stayed on the Tika track, right? Yeah. Because we had this big Tika three, yeah. Um, which was formed when they lost and took out Helen. Yeah, um, that's when the Tika three was formed. Their first tribal council with Bruce in the picture could have gone a very different way. Um, perhaps Carolyn or Jam Jam were, would be the two on the chopping block there. So. Yeah. Um, I'm curious though if they will introduce Bruce to the 45 cast as the returning player, yeah, or if they don't mention it. Yeah. Um, that that's gonna be my because that's that's a target that he doesn't need to have because he didn't play the game, right? Absolutely, um, but would be a target. Which my my hope is that if they do reveal that, that people will like not hold that against Bruce of yeah. like that he. Right, he literally was there like two days. And, Following and... the footsteps of uh, Francesca, right? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> at least at least he could, right? Not have the the title of voted out first twice. It, right, it, just it would just be first. like out first twice, not voted Ooh. out first twice. Poor, they they did Francesca so they, dirty. They they so. need to give Bruce a helmet. That's what they need to do. <laughs> Just like Bruce, uh, I actually have something for you. Uh, like, instead of a flint, you have one a helmet, right? Like go. a motorcycle helmet, like <laughs> a, a, a large helmet. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, Alex, any any other thoughts as we wrap up forty four? Uh, it was a fun season overall. I will never forget Carolyn and Jam Jam, two of the most iconic players we have seen in a long, long time on Survivor. At least iconic characters mm-hmm. um the tiga three are an all-time great alliance in my book i'm excited to see any if any of them come back for a future season and i'm excited for season 45 yeah. uh the, i am more hopeful going from 44 to 45 than i've ever been in the new era of survivor because going from 43 to 44 it does seem like they started to change yeah. Some things, right, right? They got rid of like so much of the escapade island piece. Uh, I they they got rid of the uh, beware advantage. I don't love the here's all the fake idols, but I'll take the good where I can get it. Uh, and I'm hopeful, and maybe maybe we're gonna get the auction back. So that's what they're teasing us with. Yes, Alex. Quick question for you uh, as we wrap up, <laughs> since you got to ask all the questions tonight. Uh, do you have a favorite scene from this season? Oh, favorite scene. And from I can go season. first if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead and go first. I'm Great. Think about that for a second. Uh, scene holistically is going to be the challenge with like the partners. Uh, two moments in particular. One, Carolyn's screams <laughs> from being tangled on the rope paired with Carson's like sickly like you can do it <laughs> yeah go like the 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 juxtaposition of those two absolutely perfect yeah paired then five minutes later with danny farting uh during the immunity <laughs> challenge it was just like peak survivor immunity challenge in my mind so that that's my favorite from the from the season yeah that that's a hard kind of choice to pick um I mean, I, in general, I just love Carol watching Carol. Like she was someone I didn't think I was going to like appreciate going into the season. And I quickly, 
quickly like fell in love with Carolyn uh, and just how goofy she was. Um, I think probably my favorite moment though, one of my favorite moments at least was the reveal of Matt Matthew playing his shot in the dark, right? That was a clever way of using something that like, I believe is, is completely inconsequential. Like the likelihood that you're going to get saved on the night that you are going to be voted out is like, is just so like unlikely to just go ahead and get rid of it and using it strategically, I thought was really awesome. I hate that Matthew went out in the way that he did. It's kind of his fault a little bit. He probably shouldn't have been climbing a rock, uh, but I love seeing hard gameplay um, nonetheless. And so, yeah. A scene I forgot Claire and Matthew at the immunity challenge. Claire talking to Matthew. Oh, also a great moment, oh, too. Oh, that was good. Team Caleb was like actually almost really good, but it's like <laughs> uh, you all just self destructed just a little bit, right? Claire, idol. <laughs> Claire doesn't play any immunity challenges. Matt gets injured. Josh has a fake idol that Jam Jam immediately sees through. Jamie um, finds a fake idol. Jamie finds a fake idol by, right? So there was a lot of potential for Team Caleb. But they just self-destructed yeah, all over the bad. place. Bad. Uh, <laughs> no, that was so good. Of like, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. what'd she say? Of like, who who found her? Like, who went? Or, or something yeah. about like she has an advantage. Yeah, it's like, hey, I like you. <laughs> just so. I good. I was so high on Team Caleb after that moment. Like, I was like, yes, here we go. Like, winner picks. Alas. It did not work out that way. Well, Alex, I'm going to wrap us up for the evening. Thank you for listening along all season long to our episodes. If you haven't checked out any of our previous content from 43, 44 Australian Survivor, uh, it's all there at Speaking Llama on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast of choice, like, subscribe. Uh, be on the lookout this summer. We uh, will likely take a little bit of a break, a few weeks off here in June. But Alex and I have a couple of ideas uh, down the pipeline of about maybe some special one-off episodes. We'll see. Uh, we might. We we used to debate Alex right Survivor Games uh, as kind of a, fi- a fantasy final tribal council. We have long talked about finally doing the penultimate episode of. Harvardy versus um, uh, Tony. Uh, we've also talked about the Golden God versus Haley. So, Wait, which one are you debating for that second one? Oh, LOL. I'll, I'll sure I'll argue the Golden God. That's fine. Uh, you won't you won't like my argument, but I'll argue Absolutely for it. Not. <laughs> so stay in tune for that. Uh, thanks again, and. We'll speak llama to you later. <laughs>